Welcome to Permission Granted. I'm your host, Krista Resnick. I'm a master coach who empowers women to be an expression of their purpose, of their passions, their gifts, and stand in the truth of who they are. Here's the truth. The life that you seek and deserve, all of that starts with granting yourself permission. Permission to say no without guilt, to let go of the busy addiction and slow down. Permission to stop hiding and let yourself be seen and heard. Permission to release the self-judgment and celebrate yourself. Permission to embrace that the healthiest choice you can make is prioritizing you. You hold the pad with all the permission slips. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Permission Granted. I have such a beautiful guest that I'm bringing to the podcast in this interview today. Her name is Becky Lordson, and she is a licensed professional counselor, and she is crazy passionate about increasing self-care and decreasing the mental health stigma. Now get this, Becky is the founder and lead supporter of IOME. It's an IOME instead of an IOU offering guilt-free self-care. How incredible is that? Because often, I don't know about you, but often I will engage in particular self-care activities or modalities. And there's still, sometimes no matter how much work I've engaged in, how much healing I've done, there's that tinge of guilt. So I love that Becky is really focused on helping women not only choose themselves and their self-care, but by really looking at this underlying guilt that so often can really, really rule our lives. Becky often is known for this beautiful statement that says, you deserve the best because your loved ones deserve the best of you, not what's left of you. And Becky can speak to this firsthand, and she'll share that in the podcast, so I won't spoil anything now in the intro. But I just love that quote, because often we are so busy living our lives out of these unconscious patterns, these strategies that we've talked about on the podcast before. And what happens, in essence, is the very people that God has entrusted to us and given to us to love and connect and have intimacy and depth with, often those people can get the leftovers. 
So this is a really, really powerful conversation. Now, I want to point out right away in the podcast, I speak to, this is going to be a powerful podcast for moms. And I want to just take a moment and say, this is going to be a powerful podcast for women everywhere, (laughs) for women across the board whether you're a mom or not. I hope that you will lean into this podcast. I hope you will share this podcast. I really believe that every woman could benefit from listening to this episode and really understanding the guilt and why it's so important to take care of our own needs and to really prioritize our self-care. So as I am navigating and going through this new season of my own growth, I have been contemplating, you know, going back and forth and, you know, serving exclusively moms, serving women, you know, kind of where am I at? And so when I interviewed Becky a few weeks ago, I was sort of really sitting in this energy of, you know, I, I, I wonder what it would be like to serve moms specifically, because moms really do have a lot of unique needs and circumstances. However, since interviewing Becky for this podcast, I have decided that it is best for me to really support women everywhere who want to live a more purposeful life who want to really grow slow, who want to grow deep, and who really care about taking their time to do the deep inner work that is required to set healthy boundaries, to understand how to build healthy confidence from the inside out, not the outside in, and to forge forward with new or even old, healthy, amazing relationships in mind. Friends, you're going to love this episode with Becky. So let's dive in. Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to be featured on the podcast today. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for the invitation. I'm honored to be here. Absolutely. And we've got a really juicy topic that we're going to dive into that Mm -hmm. I know is going to serve all moms very, very powerfully. But before we dive into that, why don't you tell us where you are in the world and Mm -hmm. what you're really passionate about? Sure. Yes. Okay. So I am so grateful to be here. Hello to everybody. Thanks for listening in. Um, I hope and I pray that I can just bestow some wisdom or some nuggets in this conversation. Uh, I am joining from Northern Colorado, a little bitty town called Nunn. I'm just east of Fort Collins. If those are you that are familiar with that area, about an hour and a half north of Denver for reference. And yeah, I'm a country girl at heart. So we live there with my cowboy, my very handsome cowboy husband, Tyler, and I have two little girls. Um, 
um, Breyer, who is first grade, going to be seven here soon, and Bristol, who is almost three. And so we just love it out there with our 12 acres. Right now, we literally have seven horses, which just is a lot, but we love every second of it. Um, and we're just crazy passionate about being able to raise our girls that same way that we were both raised as well. Um, so that's just a little bit of the inside scoop as far as um, who I am, because I think that's really important on how you receive the information is knowing who you're hearing from, right? Yeah. And then professionally, I am a licensed professional counselor. And my story is a little bit boring, but I can imagine that it's um, it may be relatable to a lot of a lot of other mamas because I, you know, I went down the schooling track. I got my master's degree because honestly, I didn't know what to do with the bachelor's in psychology. And so I jumped into the master's and got that, thought I landed what it was the perfect job doing um, group counseling and was significantly burnt out within three years of my position. Um, it wasn't just the therapy. It wasn't just the work I was doing. It was really truly because I wasn't addressing my own mental health and my own self-care. And so I look back at my story and, and I realized it, um, you know, again, it wasn't a dramatic, uh, breaking point, but I definitely hit my breaking point that allowed me to be where I am today. And so I'm very grateful for the growth that I've had. Um, you know, back then I was postpartum with my first daughter, Briar, and I was dealing with a lot of postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, so much so that I, was, um, I was, I mean, it was a little bit dangerous, right? Uh, and so I knew something had to give and I just thought, it was the, the job, right? I was like, oh, it's the job. And so I did what anybody, any rational person with a mortgage would do. I quit. I let my license expire. I wasn't thinking about, you know, the six figures of student loan debt. I wasn't thinking about anything like that because I was looking for the quick fix, right? And so, um, so that's really, truly what led me to that breaking point is what led me to doing the work that I get to do today. So I lead a company. I'm a founder of the company called IOMI. It's an IOMI instead of an IOU. And our entire purpose is to create guilt-free self-care. And we believe that the first step to that is addressing our own mental health and to take a preventative approach to our mental health. And so that's my, that's my heartbeat in this business world. And I love helping the helpers and mamas in particular are definitely the helpers that I really love to speak to and just try to support because I know my story as a mama and I know that it's very um, similar to a lot of others. Yeah, for sure. There is just something about, you know, women in general, I think are going to just hang on this podcast today, but there is something even deeper with moms because Mm -hmm. we, we just fall so privy, I think, to the cultural the paradigms and the way that our grandmothers did it sure. and the, the stories and the limiting beliefs around you mm-hmm. should be serving mm-hmm. everybody on the block. You yep. should be having these extraordinary made from scratch Sunday dinners every Sunday with 452 of your family members. <laughs> and if you're not, what the heck are you doing with your life? Yep. Yep. So we just take that on and we never question it. Right. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's just way too much of looking left and right in the comparison. And when we compare, we all have heard it, we're comparing their greatest strength with our greatest weakness. And so of course we're going to fall short in that department. And so it's just, yeah, it's just something I'm, I'm really passionate about is to allow a mama to be able to say in a woman, anybody really, we work with men too, but, but anybody to be able to say like, ah, no, I need to take care of myself and what the true definition is a definition of self-care and to really, truly experience this idea of guilt-free self-care. I founded this company on the quote, you deserve the best because your loved ones deserve the best of you, not what's left of you. Mm. And when I was at my, I guess my breaking point, like I said, it was, it was, they were getting the the rest of me, you know, they were walking on eggshells. They didn't know what they were going to get. They um, didn't get to really experience like the best of me, who I really am. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the wake up call that I really needed to address this whole self-care mental health thing on my own front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and as you and I were even talking before we hit record, well, first of all, even, even a step back from that, I love that you shared your story. Thank you for Mm -hmm. doing that. And thank you for being honest and sharing with myself and the listeners that you didn't think you had a story. Sure. Yes. That was a, that was a paradigm, a trap that I fell into Mm -hmm. for a really long time is, well, I don't really have a story, Mm -hmm. have any big, super like impactful type trauma. I don't have a story worth telling. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I bought into for a very long time, which of course was a lie. And my story was much more like yours, where it was sort of a commonplace story. It was nothing super tragic or off the charts. And so I deemed that as not as impactful. And so I just didn't think I had one, but I often find that it's the more, the word escapes me right now. I want to say normal, but that's not really the, Mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for, but you know, just stories that are kind of simple, like yours and mine, not necessarily simple, but those are the ones that people really resonate with as well. Everybody has a story. And I think that's really important to point out. Yes. So we've got so much to unpack here. And I want to talk about before we do anything else, you mentioned the breaking point. So Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about what your breaking point looked like so that maybe the listeners could see themselves even in your story to know what breaking points they need to be watching for. Yep, exactly. And I love that you're recognizing that the, the commonality of the story, right? Because that's what, that's what mine was. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't even exciting. It was just living life on autopilot. It was, um, living this mundane lifestyle, right? Clocking in, clocking out, taking my work stress home with me, taking my home stress to work, coming home, just not truly being myself, like the good that I had to offer, right? The happiness that I had, the joy, all of these things, like just truly not looking forward to each day. Right. Not and feeling alive. Yeah. Not feeling alive yes. in your wholeness and not really, you know, being the the mom and the wife and the friend and the daughter mm-hmm. that everybody around you that you love and care about yeah. deserve, like showing up a hundred percent. 
Yes, yes, exactly. And and recognizing what I wanted to be or going back to the old quote unquote old me or recognizing this gap and knowing, probably knowing what to do. And all honesty, I knew I needed to start working out. I knew I needed to go see a therapist. I knew I needed to address some of these things, um, but I just didn't. There was something stopping me and recognizing that that was part of the breaking point. That was part of the lack of self-care, the mental health stuff that I was going through. It wasn't just because I, I wasn't tough enough or it was because I was too lazy or it was because I was too, um, you know, I think we, we throw those labels on often and there's something there, right? It's more than just choosing not to do it. Um, a lot of us, when we know what to do, we know how to do it, but we're just not doing it. There's an obstacle that's keeping us from it. And so for me, I really had to recognize what that obstacle was. And I went to therapy and I processed and I worked through it and I got uncomfortable and I challenged it. And that's, that's what led me through the breaking point and um, really freeing myself from it and becoming so much better because of it as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and it's not normally to your point that we're not resilient enough, Mm -hmm. enough, strong enough. Mm -hmm. Some of those words that we like to so flippantly use in our culture. Often I find that there is some trauma or there is a stage that actually got missed in childhood where we just didn't develop the confidence or the will or the motivation or Mm -hmm. feeling like we were connected to our own intuition, our own Mm -hmm. inner knowing something was missing. There was a gap Mm -hmm. going back and doing that deeper work I really want to just kind of capitalize on that for a moment so that listeners really understand there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. However, we may need to go back mm-hmm. and look at some of the stages of development that were overlooked, yeah. that were missed, skills and tools that maybe you weren't given, or perhaps a trauma that's mm-hmm. in your history that we need to work with a little bit. Mm, absolutely. The uh, being a woman of faith, I just it's so beautiful because our brains are wired a certain way. Like God created us a certain way to know that we can we can rewire it. We we can re rewire these past hurts. We can desensitize ourselves from these past hurts and from these limiting beliefs and from these um, traumas, because by definition, trauma means anything upsetting that has a lasting effect. So let it be clear that we've all had trauma. And so some of us, our brains have just wired a certain way around that. So then there's self-sabotage that comes in because the brain is like you mentioned it before limiting beliefs, right? And so if there isn't a self-worth worth connected to this goal, then the brain's going to be like, oh no, uh-uh. we ain't doing that. And it's going to put in all the obstacles in the way. So being able to truly, like, like you said, go in, go in into it, go into it and recognize it and clear it out, desensitize it, release it. Right. And then it's just so much, it's so much more simple. It's not easy because by definition, that means without effort, but it's simple, right? It's going to take effort, but it is simple. And that's a beautiful gift. Yeah, it is an absolute beautiful gift. Simplicity is mm-hmm. is jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we can make it simple, then we can actually take the next action step. Yes. I think mm-hmm. we overcomplicate things. I think subconsciously we actually do it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have to take the next I step. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. really wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to the breaking point. So it yeah. was it, it wasn't like, you know, laying on the kitchen floor mm-hmm. having a 
a three week pity party for yourself. Mm-hmm. It looked very common. It looked very yeah. punching the time clock, autopilot, yeah. just sort of moving through life mm-hmm. with no, no feeling of a, a yeah. Um, yeah, no mm-hmm. feeling of aliveness. Yeah, that's really what it was. And, and just finally having that realization of how much it was affecting my loved ones, right? My husband at the time, I knew she was probably only three months old, six months at the most. So this new baby girl and recognizing how much that was just wrecking my ability to be a mom and my ability to be a wife. And so I think I finally just had that aha moment that the outer body experience of, wow, looking in, zooming out and looking in and being like, this is not how I want to show up. This is not okay. And, and being willing and uncomfortable enough, because it's never going to be comfortable, but uh, being willing to do something about it and the doing something doesn't have to be doing everything right. My something was just literally picking up the phone and calling a therapist and being able to at least start that process, doing some EMDR therapy, um, getting involved and really just making that cognizant choice to say, I, what's my next best step. Right. Um, and really that's what kind of helped me get through that, that breaking point. Yeah. Just the next step. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. it. Yep. So you knew you needed to, to take care of yourself. You knew that something needed to shift and change. Mm -hmm. What stops most people from your expertise, from your experience, from really recognizing or not even recognizing, but, but making that choice. Yeah. Take care of me. I think it's so, I think we get so comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? We get so stuck in this place of the autopilot, my breaking point, right? For example, or whatever the unwanted feeling is, we're just like, we're too willing to accept it and be, and maybe not even being aware of it, recognizing that that's not something that we should feel or that we could be free from or better from. So I think that people just don't even recognize that it's a thing. Um, And then, you know, gosh, there's just, I think that the traditional mental health world is a little bit broken. It's, um, it's a heck of a process to try to find a therapist, to connect with one, to schedule, to financially afford it. All of these things can be obstacles that get in our way. And so again, just trying to simplify that process and and even just doing the one thing, right? The one true self-care, because I think we um, we definitely do a lot more self-indulgence in, uh, in thinking and convincing ourselves that that's self-care. And those are very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think there's this excuse, right? Um, it's the someday, well, I can't, um, I don't have time. Right. But then really, if we looked at our calendar, it's how long, how long did we spend on social media? How, how much time did we spend binge watching the latest Netflix series? Right. Those kinds of things. So yes, I mean, it takes a, takes a perspective shift for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point, I literally just have come off a fast. So not Mm -hmm. only a physical fast, but along with the physical fast, I did sort of a mental, emotional, spiritual fast as well. I just spent uh, time off my screen and specifically off social media, completely yeah. social media. I had to answer a few emails and do, you know, a couple things every day Sure, that did require that I was on my screen, but it was yeah. very, very limited and restricted. And it just gave me the space that I was 
craving yeah. solitude. I was craving and the connection mm-hmm. with myself, connection with the divine, which for me is God. Mm. It really allowed myself to build that relationship. So beautiful, Kristen. Myself. Oh, it was just extraordinary. It was extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm not sure what tangent I got off. Oh, <laughs> we were talking about, um, you know, really looking at t- the time that we yeah. spend. It, it comes down to what do you value? And the point yeah. of me hearing all that is not to get on a high horse or like, oh, I did this fast, you know, look mm-hmm. at me. It, it's not easy to fast. No. But it really broke me, if you want to use that word, or caused me to look at some of my unhealthy habits yeah. and where I was giving my power and my yeah. energy to. Mm-hmm. And to actually look at that and go, do I want to continue to choose this mm-hmm. or is there something better for me? Could I yes. be spending my time in a way that really nourished my soul mm-hmm. and my heart and my mind? Okay. And so for me, it, it just was a complete and total game changer beautiful. To do that last week and, and really mm-hmm. caused me to just go to some deep parts of myself, which was mm-hmm. much required. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and- we don't get that unless we're intentional about it. Right. Um, and that's why I, I always argue that therapy's in it of itself. It gives you an hour of undivided attention and time to say, and to actually answer, honestly, how are you doing? Right. Because typically we just go, 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 go. And we don't ever really actually address what's going on until it hits the breaking point. Again, everybody's breaking point could look very different, but But that's what I love to just simply like have an hour to be like, oh man, how am I doing? Oh yeah. That thing last week with my, whoever, right. Somebody that doesn't even mean that much really affected me. And I'm still holding on to that, um, you know, fear or anger or frustration. Um, so yeah, so I totally get that. I think that's such a beautiful gift that you gave yourself. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's such a beautiful gift also to have those pockets of, mm-hmm. of whatever you want to call them, whether it's a therapist, a coach, a mentor, yeah. mom's community, whatever community network mm-hmm. that, that you as a listener choose to be a part of, to have yeah. those pockets where you feel safe yeah. in terms of emotionally and mentally, where you can really let your hair down mm-hmm. a little bit and be seen and heard mm-hmm. and loved and validated for who you are, what you're feeling and sort of where you're at in life. Super important. That's, that's such a crucial part of the healing process is that safety. Yeah. And so it's priceless. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about the self-indulgence versus care, but I also Mm -hmm. want to talk about Mm guilt-free self-care. Yeah. Where would you like to start? Which I think in order to explain guilt-free self-care, we have to first define what self-care is and what self-care isn't. And so it's not always, it sometimes is, but it's not always the the glass of wine, the bubble bath, the chocolates, right? It's not always that. Um, Truly, like there's the difference between this self-indulgence and self-care and self-indulgence is going to be defined by, basically it's characterized by doing and tending to do exactly what one wants. It's lacking control. It's the quick fix. It's the instant pleasure. Um, It's the thing that feels really good in the moment, right? Whereas the definition of self-care is going to be the active role in protecting yourself 
right? Protecting your own well-being and happiness. The true self-care is going to be a little bit more challenging. It's going to be a little bit more uncomfortable, right? But it's the thing that adds so much value to us in the long run. So for example, the self-indulgence is the knee-jerk reaction of, I just need to zone out and watch some reels on Instagram for a while, right? For an hour. Sure. It feels good in the moment, but afterwards <laughs> I have a headache. I don't feel good. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's an hour past my bedtime. I need to go to sleep. Right. So it's not adding any long-term lasting benefit. Um, whereas self-care it's like, okay, good quality self-care is waking up an hour before um, I have to. Right. And yeah, it's a little uncomfortable when that alarm goes off and it's a little bit challenging to get out of bed, but man, those are the things that add so much value to us in the long run. Right. And so I want to preface that with there is still space and time for self-indulgence. I am not going to be the one to say, never have the bubble bath and glass of wine do that. Right. If that's something that adds value, but making sure though, that we have enough self-care to outweigh the self-indulgence. Yeah. True quality self-care. And then what happens is once we do that, once the true quality self-care is, is outweighing the self-indulgence, then that's when we start to experience true guilt-free self-care because we recognize that we're showing up to the world as a better person, right? Mm -hmm. We're able to be better moms, better spouses, better career women, better neighbors, whatever our hat is that we're wearing. We wear lots of hats, but whichever hat, when we recognize that, man, by me waking up an hour early and having my coffee and silence and doing my devotional, like I, I have more patience with my children in the morning. I <laughs> absolutely, I don't feel guilty about that anymore. Right. And in fact, I, it's like even more of a selfless act because I'm doing this really for the betterment of my loved ones. Right. Because then I can show up more happier. I can show up more confident. I can show up more like rested. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so many other things. And so that's when that's really what I strive for um, with our, with our community is to be able to create this guilt-free um, self-care. Right. And without doubt, like you are going to schedule that therapy session or the massage or the float center, whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to schedule that without any guilt because you know, like, Oh, I'm going to be a better mama because of it. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And I know the listeners are going to have a ton of questions because, sure. uh, you know, a lot of my, my clients and my audience, they'll do the self-care mm -hmm. and they'll douse themselves down with the guilt. They'll just okay. rub themselves and bathe themselves in the guilt. Mm -hmm. so they'll do it. They'll take action on some of these things, but mm -hmm. the guilt is still there. So I want to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Before we even go down that road, I love that definition or the contrast between mm -hmm. the self-indulgence versus the self-care. And I think, you know, for those of you listening, and I don't know, you can certainly uh, share with me if you think this is not correct, Becky, but I, I was sort of, I don't want to say I was on a kick, but I like to define self-care as anything you do to kind of manage or shift your energy. Sure. So it's sort of that deeper things that nourish your soul. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's beautiful. Going out in the backyard or mm -hmm. going to a therapy session or things of that nature. Yep. And I sort of used to deem the manis and the petties, the massages as kind of these frou-frou, mm -hmm. like hygiene type activities. Sure. 
And I still believe that to be true, mostly, mm-hmm. but now having the, the trauma-informed piece added on to my coaching, what I've realized is for that woman who maybe grew up in a really um, uh, traumatic environment sure. where she didn't she's not able to barely treat herself to anything Mm -hmm. or even recognize what her needs are or feel confident about giving back to herself at all. For her, Mm -hmm. a manicure is going to be self-care. Like that's the one thing that she's choosing right now. And that's the first thing she's ever chosen. It is not for me to say that she's wrong. And you didn't say that. I didn't say you said that. No, absolutely. I kind of come full circle a little Mm -hmm. bit on my definition. Mm -hmm. Understanding that trauma piece now, it's like, whoa, 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 hold on for that woman. A bubble bath is actually going to be sure if she's never, ever carved out or asked for her husband to say, back off, mom mm-hmm. tub for 30 minutes. Yes. That's going to be so hard for her. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's exactly what we take a lot of um, pride in is we want to make sure that we're, it's all about self-awareness. It is all about self-awareness is because my self-care is going to look so different from the next person and their self-indulgence is going to look so different than mine. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, But being able to be honest enough with yourself and asking, so these, these women, and we kind of going back into the um, next piece of what you wanted to chat about those women who are like, okay, well, I'm doing the self-care, but I'm having a lot of guilt associated with it too. I would challenge what is the self-care? Is it truly the act of protecting your own well-being and happiness? Or is it the, because I shoulds, right? The air quotes around should. Um, Is it because, well, my neighbor does that. So then I should be doing this self-care thing or um, right. And whatever it might be. Right. And it's, and there is no, right or wrong way. It's your way. It is all about what works for each person individually. I joke because one of my favorite self-care things is to go scoop poop at my horse in my horse stalls and listen to music. And I did something that's so powerful. (laughs) I don't imagine that a lot of people would agree with me on that. (laughs) Nope. That's what's happening on my time frame. (laughs) And so just recognizing and respecting that. Yes, absolutely. And there are still the days that we need to just check out and watch and binge watch the Netflix series because life has been tough, right? And we just need to have something that's going to be mind um, mindless, right? That's okay. That's okay. But the people who are doing that over and over and over again and relying on those things, um, the Netflix, the social media, the, um, the, I mean, I would even, but whatever it is, right? the more beauty centered, like those kinds of um, self-care, if they're relying on those to fill this gap, to truly protect their own well-being and happiness, then I think that's where the disconnect is. That's where um, that guilt can come in. And it's just really, truly not adding that value because I think like you kind of defined it earlier, the energy shift is recognizing, is this adding value to me in the long run, right? Am I Am I encouraged? Am I happy? Am I hopeful? Am I excited? Am I truly energized, right? Physically, emotionally, because of this thing. Great. I think we can all admit if we sit down and drink that bottle of wine versus just a glass of wine, 
we're not going to feel so good the next day. Right. And so like, that's that comparison is how it's truly affecting you. Right. Yes. 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 And really, you know, asking ourselves the hard questions, is there something deeper that I'm craving right Mm -hmm. now as I'm sitting here scrolling and Mm -hmm. is there something that I'm avoiding avoidance Yeah. conversation that I'm distracting myself from really sitting with those questions and giving ourselves the space to actually mm-hmm. yes the answer will surface yep absolutely and being connected just like you said too with with your retreat that you had um being connected enough with ourselves to recognize like oh wow i'm having that that stomach thing like i'm having the back pain i'm having the psychosomatic effect of these things that have happened throughout my day and now I'm turning to avoid them and I'm turning to the, the mindless act. Right. Um, but yeah, there's just so much value in that idea of like just recognizing what works for us individually and, and it may be trial and error. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Trying the massage, trying the therapy, coaching, trying the, um, Oh gosh, the journaling, the waking up early, trying those things and seeing like, okay, yeah, I feel good about this. Or recognizing like, oh, nope, that is not for me. That was not something that added value. And to be okay with that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really important that people even build a list sure, so yeah. that, you know, it's not um, kind of the, I guess, afterthought is the word yeah. that comes to mind yep. when they're when they're feeling tapped out, burned out, de-energized, grasping at straws, having Mm -hmm. a list. I've got mine. I know we're, we're audio only, but I'm looking at it right now. I've got it taped up to my office wall Mm -hmm. of of my different strategies or regulation resources is what I call them. You know, sharing my worry with someone, someone that I trust that I have that safety with. Yeah. That's a way that I regulate. That's a way that I practice self-care. Yes, so Going good. down to be near the lake, mm-hmm. holding a stuffed animal, mm-hmm. reading my devotional, getting out in sunshine, prayer, mm-hmm. my essential oils, mm-hmm. dancing, breath work. I've got all of those things written down yeah. so that I can just pull from that list when I mm-hmm. am feeling anxious, overwhelmed, yeah. stressed just de-energized. And that's what it's all about is recognizing that and, and preventing, right? Because we created a self-care worksheet, very similar to what you're explaining that we have warning signs that are indicating, Hey, we are not taking care of ourselves. My first one is irritability. The second I start to snap at my kids for like seemingly insignificant things, their socks being left out trash, you know, all the, I've got the littles, right. They're messy. Um, but once I start to recognize my warnings, warning signs, irritability, um, sleeplessness, over anxious because I'm overthinking everything, uh, a desire to give up. Like I'm a very motivated, hardworking person. And when I have this, like, I just don't even care. That's a sign that I'm not taking care of myself. And so we walk them through creating this, like, okay, here are your warning signs. Um, how are these warning signs affecting your day to day? Right. Because it is, it's affecting my overall wellness hundred percent. And then, uh, what can we do? And so going back to that list that you mentioned was so beautiful. What are the self-care that definitely work for you? Right. Mine would be go outside, pull weeds. Weirdly enough, I like to pull weeds. I think that's very therapeutic. Um, so again, recognizing what works for us individually, and then being able to have that 
kind of as our ammo, right? Like it's ready to go. And, and we can, and I have my, my partner, my husband, he has it as well. And so that way he can point at my list and be like, you just lost your cool over some socks on the floor. Like, why don't you go on a run? I got the girls, you know what I mean? So he's referencing the list instead of just pointing his fingers at me, like you're pretty grumpy, right? That wouldn't feel very good. So, yeah. so yeah, all about that. Well, and that is the side effect, the consequence, the impact is that we leak out that energy. Mm-hmm. That That's a beautiful way to put that. I like that a lot. We leak yeah. out. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a sure tell sign for me as well. Becky, you didn't say this word, but I wrote it down. Apathy. When I mm-hmm. start feeling really disconnected and apathetic mm-hmm. about my, my practice, about life, when I just yeah. want to sit and, and yeah. crawl under the covers and not have anyone come near me for 35 days, I know I'm in trouble. That's a yep. sure one for me. And it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen a mm-hmm. few times a year. And it always scares me. It always rattles yeah. me a little bit, but that's my sign. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. you are like so far beyond the oxygen mm-hmm. mask right now that they sure. talk about airplane that it's not even funny. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And and that's a beautiful thing that we recognize that because we have to be honest and vulnerable enough to say like, yeah, I am, I am like, again, mine is irritability with the kids. That's the first sign for me. Um, like, okay, well, yep. I gotta be honest. I'm doing this now. I got to work on it. Right. Vulnerability. That's a big deal. Yeah. Taking ownership. Yeah. Radical personal responsibility and saying, you know what? I own this. Mm-hmm. I own that I showed up mm-hmm. in kind of a state of rage or whatever it is, yeah. I'm going to own it and I'm going to choose to, to do it different. I'm going to yeah. choose to, to bring in some self-care, a regulation resource, whatever we want to call yeah. it and show up in my truth, show yes. up in that calm, curious, confident, compassionate woman that yeah. God actually mm-hmm. made me. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So let's talk for just a couple of minutes about trauma specifically and how that maybe adds another layer or a dimension to this whole Mm -hmm. self-care piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm pretty passionate about it. I'm trained in EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing therapy. And, um, you know, I, 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 I always want to make sure I already labeled it, but trauma is anything upsetting that has a lasting effect. So I even would argue that the the kiddo who had the perfect childhood, their parents told them they were perfect all growing up. They had the perfect everything, right? Now they are living with this expectation of perfection. And that is very much unrealistic and it can be upsetting with a lasting effect, right? So I always like to make sure that people recognize it doesn't, I love that you pointed that out. It doesn't have to be these dramatic, um, intense stories. It could be that, you know, just maybe we heard this message of I'm not enough here and there, right? Indirectly throughout our life. And that is indeed traumatic and we need to work through that. And so EMDR, um, do you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Sure. Okay. So it is, it's really fascinating. Um, basically the way the brain works is that it holds on to things as we are growing up, especially in those, um, developmental stages as well. But, but anytime like uh, the brain holds on to whatever is harmful, right. And the reason it does that is because it wants to protect us. And so anything traumatic happens, the brain holds on it onto it in the prefrontal cortex, and it is going to trigger the fight, flight, or freeze response. Anytime any symptom 
triggers it. Okay. Um, so we will just use a car accident for an example. So if somebody was in a car accident, they're going to remember everything about it, right? The, uh, the intersection, the vehicle, the music that was playing, the outfit that was worn, uh, the sounds, right? The smells, all of these things are going to be very much wired in the brain prefrontal cortex stored there because the brain is going to be able to tell you anytime that sound comes on, that smell comes on the intersection. It's going to say alert, alert. The last time you were here, you you were in an accident. You were hurt. Let's do all the things. I'm going to send you the sweaty palms. I'm going to send you the racing heartbeat, the panic. So that way you recognize that this is dangerous, right? The brain is not remembering the thousands of other times that you've been in a car and have been completely safe. So what we do with EMDR, it's bilateral stimulation. So it's all about back and forth, um, whether it's the eye movements or handheld tappers that vibrate back and forth that open up neural pathways to be able to release the stored matter, the stored trauma into long-term memory. So that way, the next time a trigger comes up, it's like, okay, you're not having those symptomatic effects anymore, like before. And so it's, for me, I've been a recipient of, I've been a client that has received it and obviously a therapist that does it. And I really love and honor that I could just sit back and be like, okay, brain, let's do some work here. Like it, it doesn't, it finally feels like I'm not to blame, right? Mm. Um, that there's some separation of like, oh, wow, that's the way like my brain has been wired. That's why I'm thinking this. Or the person who's been um, having this perfection idea, right? A perfectionist, they will make sure that they have a lot of control over things, right? And it's really hard for them to release control. Well, that's the way your brain's wired because it's really uncomfortable, Right. So we have to remember the remind the brain that it's safe, that it's okay, that it's comfortable to be able to be imperfect, right? <laughs> to be able to um, face these fears that we may have, to take risk, to um, do the public speaking event, whatever it is uh, that sometimes can hold us back. So it's really it's an incredible modality. And I just love being able to work with with member like our community members that come in and they may not be able to name a specific trauma, but the more we dig, it's like, okay, yeah, you lived in a lot of chaos. You didn't have a lot of safety and security. That's why you have so much control over that and a need to control it now is to make up for that from before the brain's warning you. Right. So it's really cool. Oh, that I, I love how many different healing modalities mm -hmm. exist because yeah. as humans, you know, designed by God, we're all just so beautifully unique. Mm -hmm. And what may land for one individual may not land for another. So yeah. I love that you shared a little bit about your own personal experience with EMDR. I mm -hmm. have not ever actually done it. I've done many other things. Mm -hmm. but it makes so much sense in terms of how it works with the brain. I love yeah. that. I love that. And you said something really essential that I want to pull out is it was the thing that really helped you discover yeah. I'm not to blame. And yeah. that is how I felt and my experience just learning about the definition of trauma. That's mm -hmm. how impactful it was for me to learn mm -hmm. that I actually had childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. Being raised in an environment where regulations and rules were way more important than me, or at least that's how I felt as right. a child. Mm -hmm. That's a form of trauma. Yeah. Being raised in a condition where 
I didn't feel free to express my emotions. Yeah. Quote unquote, good or bad. There are no yeah. good or bad or emotions, but you know, for right. a lot of people think that there are. So I didn't feel comfortable releasing and expressing anger, sadness, mm-hmm. disappointment. And I also didn't feel comfortable expressing my joy yeah. and my happiness and my gratitude. So when I learned the definition of trauma, it was sort of that thing that put the stick in the wheel that stopped everything, got me to slow down and go, oh, you mean I'm not to blame? Yeah. You actually mean there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Wow. That was mm-hmm. so insightful for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a beautiful place to be because I think even if you've gone to therapy or I had gone before and it's like, well, now I have to tell you why I think this way and what, you know, why I feel this way. It felt very like, it was just hard because sometimes I didn't know why I felt that way. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so being able to just be like, okay, this is what's coming up for me. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is the situation and being able to take that and, and truly like, do neuro neuro work, right? Like being able to open up these neuro pathways. It just felt so freeing to be like, well, I don't know why, but this is what's coming up to me. And then we'd go with it. Right. And so that was just such a, a freeing process to not have to be in such control of it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah it was freedom. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. freedom. It really creates a lot of internal freedom. We don't yeah. always have to know the how, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like you really found a beautiful modality that just allowed you to just be kind of in the being and just yeah. hanging out with it and not have to worry about, okay, now I have to do X, Y, and Z and more yeah. doing. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just, it's just a beautiful place to be, to, to just make progress to, you know, to be able to move forward. Um, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's rewiring the brain. Like there's, that's, that's, uh, physiological. That's not, you know, just stop feeling that way. Right. There's no, that you don't, you don't just stop. (laughs) There's not a switch that we're flipping on and off here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Becky, talk to that mom as we wind this down that that's really struggling. I mean, she's listening to this podcast and she's thinking, oh, this all sounds delightful. Mm -hmm. Where do I start? What is my actual maybe first and second step? Yeah, I would, I would pick the one thing, you know, whatever that one thing is, but something very simple, something very measurable, something very like, what's the next thing that you can do. And so I don't want to tell them exactly what that is, because it's so different for each of us, right? Um, I think my one thing that's non negotiable is my morning routine. And so maybe that's something that they can start with, or maybe it's just simply going to bed on time. Um, So whatever the one thing is, but stick with it, and recognize the benefit that's happening and caused from it. Right. Um, I reference frozen Two. I've got two little girls. Right. And so you betcha we've been watching frozen Two. It is so good, by the way, I love the movie and she sings what's the next right thing to do. Right. There's this whole song. It's so powerful because, you know, we can feel so overwhelmed and we already even talked about several things that we can think about and do for self-care, but it's like, well, there's so much, I'm just not going to do anything. Right. And to, to break that and to just really, truly think instead of all or nothing, it's this more often than not. Right. Um, that's where it can be sustainable is when we can have something very simple. And so, yeah, what's the one thing. And so sometimes that 
that next best step is to really truly evaluate our time. And so being able to do like a time study versus a um, planner, right? We we all have what we like our calendars on our phone or wherever they are, what we plan to do throughout the day, but actually instead look at the day before and write down what you, what you did do, what you did spend your time on and really be honest and say like, okay, did you wake up and spend, you know, 30 minutes scrolling on your phone? Um, Did you sleep in? Did you hit your snooze button three or four or five times? Did you write, um, sit with our phones during lunchtime? Like really just giving yourself an opportunity to say, okay, I'm not going to just find the time. I'm going to have to make the time. And it looks like I could just spend 30 minutes right during my lunch instead of scrolling on my social media, maybe I eat and then go on a walk. That's what my one thing's going to be. That's going to be a great one thing. Right. Yeah. 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 And you're building such a sense of pride within yourself, which of course leads to confidence. I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Sometimes I think it's worth pointing out that you do have to stick with it for a while to really see how it does shift or take hold in your body. Yeah. I, I always tell the story of my very first coach or one of my very first coaches that I hired. I invested quite a bit of money and the very first thing she had me do was breathe. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, what in the world <laughs> did I just get myself into? You yeah. have got to be kidding me. This kooky woman mm-hmm. telling me to breathe, <laughs> but I trusted her. I trusted her and I thought, well, if she's telling me this, there's got to be something to it. Boy, Mm -hmm. it took me a while. My state of being was so anxious. And so I was, I, I experienced so much bracing and eggshells. Like I was walking on eggshells. That was so familiar to my body Mm -hmm. and that feeling state of calm was so foreign. So it took me a long time, but because I trusted her, I kept. I kept going. I was committed. And all of a sudden I started to feel differently in my body. And I started Mm -hmm. to almost become addicted, if you Mm -hmm. will, to this state of calm and understanding that I can create calm in my system anytime I want to. Mm -hmm. It took me a while. Patience. We are in this for the long time, my friends. This is not a one and done. It's time to unravel some of these patterns. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Yep. That's a great reminder. It is. It's definitely um, a practice. Absolutely. It's a practice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Becky, this has been such a treat to get to know you and have you come on and talk about this essential topic Mm -hmm. in today's crazy, chaotic, and overstimulated and busy world. (laughs) Sure. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was an honor and I love being able to talk about this with other like-minded people like yourself. So thank you, Krista. Absolutely. And we will have all links leading back to you in the show notes of the podcast so that anybody listening can get in touch with you. Great. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, share, and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help the show to get seen. And when the show gets seen, other women have an opportunity to do this work and learn how to prioritize themselves and their growth and healing too. Thank you for being a part of this show. 
Thank you for being a part of this community, and we'll see you next time.